0: When you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman, and just before I get into my interview with Marla, I wanted to invite you over to my website, AfterSugarClub.com, to download your free guide to getting more energy with less sugar. And also, there's a podcast page on my website, aftersugarclub.com forward slash podcast all the podcast episodes are there and you can even download my five tips to help you if you're struggling with cravings okay let's get going in today's episode i'm talking with marla moss so um is it okay can i ask you to tell me about your life before and then your life
1: after you stop sugar yeah okay so um i i used sugar from a very early age to cope with uh trauma at difficult emotional uh, situations in my um early family life and i was probably like chemically addicted to sugar incredibly early on alcoholism runs in my family as well so i think we just have that that sensitivity um and you know sugar was really like i never thought about it this way but looking back it was like a best friend to me you know it was always there for me um and (laughs) and it's just something that i always relied on to cope with every single emotion possible you know any kind of disappointment or setback or hurt feeling or you know overwhelming experience or trauma or anything like that it was always sugar 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 and um my whole family just ate tons of it just tons of it and it was completely unrestricted in my house and I just had as much as I wanted of it whenever I wanted of it from as early as I can remember. So
0: was that normal that like, did you just feel normal? There wasn't a problem
1: with it. um, I, it didn't quite feel normal because I knew that other kids weren't allowed to have as much sugar as I was. So um, my mother got a phone call once from another parent who said, um, can you stop giving your child uh, candy bars in their lunch because it's making my child upset. <laughs> Just- oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, and we were, we grew up, I grew up in, a, um, in the Bay Area of California, which is, you know, in the San Francisco areas, you know, fairly crunchy and, um, you know, people tend to be more focused on health and wellness than in many other areas of the country. So, you um, Yeah, in that way, I I did feel a little bit out of place. Yeah. (laughs) And
0: and did your mom or, or anyone else in your family kind of tend to give you sweet foods to to
1: reward you, to comfort you? Was that like the go to? yeah we didn't we didn't exactly do rewards and we didn't do rewards and punishments in my family there was actually zero discipline whatsoever (laughs) um but it was more of just like a family ritual you know it was um if i wanted uh pancakes for breakfast with like berry pie filling and whipped cream on top then I had that every day. I think that was middle school. I was having that, I had that every single day. And like my friends at school, like wouldn't even believe me. They're like, <laughs> are you? You know, looking back, I, I can hardly believe it myself. But yeah, my um, parents definitely tried to placate me with sugar. You know, it was, I think um, they maybe subconsciously or consciously knew their limits in terms of, you know, emotional availability And what they could really, what the tools they really had to nurture me with, and they knew that sugar was something that I liked, and it was readily available, and you know we could afford it, and so that was that was the ticket. That was how um, they definitely facilitated me regulating my emotions with sugar from day one. Yeah. Okay.
0: And up until what age would you say that that your it was like your parents were like the pushers, as it were.
1: I mean, I, I was in contact with them uh, until I was about 27. And so, you know, um, anytime we were together, it was, it was, there was sugar involved, you know? Yeah. So I can't really say that after, you know, I became an adult that I can't really put any responsibility on them, obviously, because <laughs> it was, I took things into my own hands. Yeah. Very willingly. So, <laughs> yeah. and so when did things change and why did things change? so it was actually when i was 27 years old i hit an alcoholic bottom and um it was just a few months after i quit uh, drinking alcohol that it, it became clear that alcohol wasn't even my main problem that it was really what i was eating and uh, i started noticing how how just how sugar was like this primary relationship in my life and it's um it just didn't leave room for a lot of other commitments so to speak. And so I quit eating sugar shortly after I quit using alcohol. Which would you say was tougher to quit? Oh, hands down sugar. Alcohol was a piece of cake. I could, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Who would have known?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And what made it so difficult to quit sugar?
1: Well, it's everywhere and it's, it's, um, you know, there's no legal restrictions on it. It's, um, you know it's, it's part of american culture as as american as apple pie it's um sugar addiction itself is as american as apple pie you know it's marketed to us that um from every direction as specifically as a way to handle emotional upset uh i wrote a paper on that in in school actually and um it, it's hard because it, it's in so much of the food and so you've really got to spend a lot of time and energy taking care of yourself, if you want to keep it out of your diet. So that was, was very challenging for me. And then also going to social situations. And you know, it, it's not like you can just say, Oh, I just won't go to happy hour after work, or um, I'm just not going to go out to clubs anymore. Because you know it's not just, you know, extracurriculars, it's mealtimes that you share with people in your life. And so um, that made it a lot more challenging. And also because it's not really socially accepted as something to quit, you know, it's not, so many people I talk to don't really believe or understand the concept of sugar as a biochemical addiction. And they don't believe it or don't understand it or dismiss it, you know, for whatever reason. And so it's difficult to gain any kind of social support for, for kicking the habit.
0: Oh, I hear you. Yeah, definitely, uh, <laughs> totally. And it's like, you're, I felt anyway, I was judged more when I quit sugar than any other time in my life.
1: Hmm. Is that yeah. how you felt? I I never thought of it in those words, but I think it was, yeah, definitely like the least socially acceptable, um, part of my addiction recovery sugar for sure. Yeah. The one that people fought against me the hardest and still try to push on me.
0: Yeah. And yet (laughs) when you quit
1: alcohol, they were all for it. Right. Uh, there was resistance as well, just because my, you know, the family and community I grew up with, um, yeah, I mean, same kind of thing, you know, if everyone else is drinking, they're uncomfortable with somebody who's not drinking. So um, yeah, I think my the, the kind of behaviors I had around alcohol were a little less socially acceptable. So <laughs> a little easier for people to accept that that was something I was not going to be doing anymore. Yeah. Yes.
0: yes. Okay. So you were in your late 20s, and you made this switch. Did it go smoothly after that?
1: Oh, no, there's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, I, I did find a great support group that gave me so much strength and, um, and just help on the journey. I went to a 12 step, um, food addiction recovery group, and that was just incredible. And then I did that for about four years and, you know, really just got into the hang of, um, making a meal plan. I was weighing and measuring all my food and it was, uh, surprisingly liberating to, to do all that work, you know, and, which nobody understood either. They thought I had some kind of other eating disorder because I was weighing and measuring and doing all this stuff. I was like, no, this is this is freedom, but whatever. Yeah. Nobody got it, but um, yeah, it was wonderful. I I experienced for the first time what it was like to um, to be completely free of the obsession for sugar and the compulsion to eat it. So to be free of sugar cravings for the first time in my life was, was such a revelation.
0: Amazing, yeah. amazing. It's true freedom and true freedom is different for each person I found hmm. there's, there's no one definition or one type of freedom, you know, what yeah. gives you freedom is yours, is yours to keep. Hmm. That's interesting. And, yeah. And so, um, and then did, did you like have difficulty um, keeping up the, the social side of things? Like did you
1: cave because of too much social pressure ever? Um, You know, I never really caved because of, it wasn't really so much outside pressure but you know when i would slip up on my meal plan it would it would just be usually there would be some strong emotion like either a celebration or you know something like that but um yeah it, it actually it wasn't too difficult socially because at that point most of my co- connections were also in you know recovery circles and so i just found people were like you know used to people eating weird stuff and just like they're just like okay whatever you know like yeah <laughs> more more open minded Mm -hmm. And tell me about the benefits of, of going sugar-free. Yeah. So let's see, I mean, aside from not, um, thinking about sugar every second of every day of my life, I experienced a tremendous, um, amount of mental clarity and just the brain fog was lifted and I was able to kind of just see things and myself and my life more clearly than ever before. Um, I became much more in touch with my intuition and became a, you know, a stronger decision maker because of that. Um, I uncovered my, I realized what my boundaries were because I was in touch with my body for the first time and able to kind of, um, you know, respect myself so much more because of that, able to say no to things because for the first time I was really feeling what it felt like to do things that weren't right for me. Before, the sugar was just masking um, all of the, the pain and everything because it's just a drug. So yeah, my, my life got better. I became, um, I think another thing is that I, with the commitment to not eating sugar, I learned how to commit to myself for the first time. And so I just became able to commit to myself in other areas of my life as well.
0: Like so. what, for example, what other areas, for example?
1: uh like to my to my creativity so i'd always been artistic but never really done anything about it so after quitting sugar i had my first uh, um art show and i started performing uh, musically and i'd always wanted a career in advertising but i just like never really never really did it. I never actually got a job in advertising. And then um, just a few years ago, I started my own agency to solve that problem. So, (laughs) yeah,
0: Wow, that's amazing. And and you put it down to having quit sugar and kind of finding yourself. And
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it's, I I think when you don't have any other distractions and you're not um, crippling yourself on a daily basis or hour to hour basis, I mean, you have no choice but to uh, follow your dreams and respect your own desires. And there's just nothing left except you and, um, your personal growth.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. What would you say was like the, the toughest part of it?
1: I, you know, I, I went through a really challenging time about four or five years after I quit sugar. Um, I started really feeling, um, started kind of falling out of love with it because, I was starting to, because of the mental clarity I had, (laughs) I was starting to question just so many things about society and civilization in general. And where I felt like I didn't really want to be a part of, literally didn't want to be a part of civilization anymore. I felt angry at everything that had happened since the dawn of agriculture and, you know, the rise of patriarchal society and all of this stuff. And I just was so mad that we weren't hunter-gatherers anymore. (laughs) And so um, I, and I also felt like my food plan, it was not heavy on grains, but, um, I felt like my food plan was, um, my diet was overly dependent on agriculture as well, which I was aware was, you know, ecologically unsustainable. And, um, so I actually made the choice to, uh, leave my apartment where I was living in Oakland, California, and just go out to try to survive in the wild. Okay. Yeah. So that was a time of great, um, loneliness and just discovery as well for me, where I was just, I didn't know if I would find what I wanted. I just knew I didn't want what I had anymore. And that was about, maybe I did that for like about a year or two and then, wow. Yeah, quite a story. But, um, I, I didn't actually really, you know, really surviving in the forest. Actually, I didn't, um. Because it wasn't really, you know, anybody who's read a history book would have known that, like, there isn't really much left, you know, to, to survive in. Not, it's not funny at all, but it's, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself, you know, for trying. But, um, so, yeah, and I actually ended up um, being very vulnerable living on the streets and becoming pregnant. And, um, yeah, when I was completely sober and, you know, all this stuff, everyone thought I was, you know, on drugs or something because I was homeless. And I was like, no, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to live primitively. And <laughs> anyway, so when I became pregnant with my daughter, I, I had to admit to myself that what I was doing was, it wasn't going anywhere, you know, and I had to kind of accept that the world was what it was now and, um, make a commitment to myself and to my child to try to survive in it with, in all its imperfection. And so... Um, yeah, that's when I kind of, you know, went back to living inside and started, yeah, just started kind of living civilized again. Okay.
0: And and can I ask how old were you at that time? Uh, 31. Okay. And, um, did you, did you decide to give sugar to your child? (laughs)
1: Um, no, I actually, um, exclusively breastfed her for about three and a half years. And uh, and that was great. And so for when she was one, though, I it's a kind of a funny story. We were living in Santa Cruz, California, and I was we were at a health food store in uh, downtown and we were outside the little kind of seating area outside. And I saw this woman eating what looked to be raw meat. And I was like, well, that's interesting. And, you know, I'm chatty. So I always talk to strangers, just like my mother taught me to do. (laughs) So I went up to her and I was like, hey, what what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm eating raw Korean barbecue short ribs. And, you know, then she like cracked a couple of raw eggs into her mouth. And I was like, oh, man, I got to learn more about this. And so she told me all about it and um, talked just, you know, I started learning about how raw foods actually, plant based raw foods and um, raw animal products uh, could help me. And, um, it was actually, it was great because for the, for the previous year or so, I'd never really, um, overcome the problem I had digesting grains. So, um, and I never really figured out how to fill a day's worth of meals without eating the grains. I was just always hungry. And so I started, she became my mentor in the primal diet space. And I started, just eating raw meat and which I, I thought I was like, not really into it first, but then I took a bite and just like awakened this primal urge in me. And I just wanted more and more. And, um, it was great because I found that the raw meats, uh, satisfied me on a level that no other food previously had. Whereas I wasn't just feeling full and satisfied in that way. I was feeling satisfied on a whole level that I'd never even known about before. And that was experiencing probably a real nutritional, um, satiation.
0: That is fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. So, um, so you're not vegetarian or did you have a time in your life when you were vegetarian or did you always eat meat, even if it was cooked?
1: Uh, I, I tried being vegan for like two weeks when I was 16 and I, maybe once again, um, later and yeah, it just, it was, it was never for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: And, and so what you were saying when you were growing up, your, your kind of emotional needs were met by sugar for whatever reason. And do you feel that your child's emotional needs are met in a healthier way now?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. You know, because I've I've had the chance to heal trauma and do so much work on myself and reparent myself, I have the tools now to parent her in a healthy way so that I can meet her emotional needs instead of, you know, just masking them with substances. So I know she feels loved and she loves herself and it's, I almost don't know how to parent her because she, because she's so different from I was grow, from how I was growing up. I almost don't know how to relate to her sometimes. I mean, not not really, but it's just it's funny. It's it's new territory for me. I feel like yeah, she has a lot that I didn't have growing up.
0: And and yes, and that's great. And I mean, and she doesn't have what you did have, which is a whole bunch of sugar.
1: That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's still in her system and she's not fully detoxed from it yet, but um it definitely takes time to do that, but yeah.
0: But she yeah. has less. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And she's getting her needs met in other ways, and I would say in healthier ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, it's really amazing actually to hear her. Um, she has incredible creative output. She's just like a, she's a prolific artist, and she's making, she's drawing and painting and singing and just really um, so spiritually in touch with herself and her her needs and all this stuff. And she talks about how, she talks about boundaries with her friends and like, and just really stands up for herself. And and she's really yeah she's, she's more together than most of us. Yeah, she can talk about her feelings and her boundaries with her friends. And she talks about how she, now we're in a place where she's saying she wishes she has friends who respect her boundaries more. And so I'm like, okay, well, we're probably gonna need to move to another town because, <laughs> yeah. And, then, and that's what you do, you know? When you get in touch with your needs, then you have to make adjustments in your life to accommodate yourself,
0: yeah. And and, the, and taking the sugar away t- takes away that screen, you know? And you're finally able to actually discover what you actually want in life.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: W- whether you're six or 60, you know? it's
1: That's right, yeah, who you are and what you need to be
0: happy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's yeah. fantastic, wow. And mm-hmm. so you've found, your life after sugar your daughter is is finding her life after sugar fantastic and each in your own way yeah and the thing is with sugar it makes for me it made me feel so powerless on so many levels as a consumer and as a user or in a you know and and when i stopped sugar i got my power back Mm. that's how i feel
1: wonderfully said yeah I feel the same way, except, except I'd have to say, I feel like I got power that I'd never, ever had before.
0: Fantastic. Even better. Yeah. 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 And, and hopefully we're bringing up two future women in this world who will also feel powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's wonderful when, when girls can learn to stand up for themselves and they know their feelings and boundaries and their needs. I mean, that's just, it goes against everything that they're supposed to be doing. So.
0: Yes. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, and hopefully, you know, future women who don't care what they're supposed to do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, thanks so much. And keep in touch and, and we'll talk again.
1: Definitely, Nana. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks so for having you me. Too.
0: here too. Bye. Bye. Isn't Marla's story inspiring? I mean, she went from a sugar-filled childhood all the way over to no sugar at all, and bringing up her own daughter in a completely new and different way, and also as a role model for her. So transforming your relationship with sugar is also possible, like Marla shows. And if you want some more free resources to help you reduce sugar, head on over to my website, aftersugarclub.com, Download your free simple guide to getting more energy with less sugar and check out the information for the Life After Sugar program while you're there. And if this podcast episode helped you to see things differently and to see that your relationship with sugar can change, then scroll down, leave me a review, and let me know what you think of the podcast and how it's helping you. Thank you. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.